Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of The Haunting Hour. Today's urban legends consist of the back rooms, one of my personal favorites, the smiling man, Kisaragi Station, and the black-eyed children. So join me today as we delve into insanity. Let's begin. The back rooms. I've been noticing this a lot on different platforms, and I know games like, I think it's pronounced aperiophobia on Roblox actually plays off of these fears. It's a bunch of different fears kind of put together. If you're not familiar with the urban legend, The Back Rooms, it was an urban legend and creepypasta that described an endless maze of randomly generated office rooms and other environments. The legend goes on to talk about this unnerving wet carpet smell uh, that all the walls, the floors, everything are monochromatic. It's this dingy shade of yellow. There's a sound of buzzing fluorescent lights. And if some of you remember before LEDs kind of came into play, these fluorescent lights make like a bit of a hum, a droning sort of noise. And if you sit in an office space long enough, this sound would just permeate as soon as the space was empty. And that's one of the phobias that the back room plays off of, which is kenophobia. If you're not familiar with it, kenophobia is the fear of empty spaces. This urban legend came from 4chan on the X board, which is the paranormal board. It was a comment on a post that was asking for unsettling images, where one of the anonymous users actually made up a story based off of the photo. It's speculated by many online communities that the inspiration was drawn from something called liminal spaces, which is a type of photography. This is supposed to invoke, say, senses of nostalgia, being uncertain, and just feeling lost. Since the creepypasta was posted, it's inspired many stories and horror games. When the creepypasta became popularized around 2019, uh, that's when it started to really go viral and pick up. The story goes that one can enter the back rooms by no clipping out of bounds. Uh, it's an empty wasteland that's full of corridors with nothing but these sensations, the space, the madness from the monochromatic yellows, the incessant background buzzing that eventually just pulls you into madness. What's interesting about this is it inspired other people to also add to the legend where they're saying that there's different levels and then there's entities that inhabit the space. It's become so popularized that the backrooms has also been brought into various other forms of media like internet culture, video games, also YouTube videos over this. So it's become sort of this internet sensation, new urban legend. It's just fantastically horrible and I love it.
If you're curious about what the original image and story looked like, all you need to do is Google Backrooms and a lot of it will pop up. The original image only contained two paragraphs, which is amazing when you think about it, and a lot of really cool horror stories have come out of flash fiction like this. The image simply had two paragraphs below it that said, if you're not careful and you no-clip out of reality in the wrong areas, you'll end up in the back rooms where it's nothing but the stink of old, moist carpet, the madness of mono yellow, the endless background noise of fluorescent lights, at maximum humbuzz, and approximately 600 million square miles of randomly segmented empty rooms to be trapped in. God save you if you hear something wandering around nearby, because it sure as hell has hurt you. This next urban legend has creeped me out since I first read it, and it came out in April of 2012 on No Sleep. And I remember just every single detail getting more and more creeped out because it was something that you could really imagine happening to you, and those are the freakiest sort of stories. This also has gained so much attention over the years that there was a short film dedicated to it along with many other stories that drew inspiration from this. So the story begins with an individual talking about their night owl. So many times when their roommate would fall asleep, they'd go outside to take a walk just to sort of ease the boredom. They mentioned talking about how it was four years that they did this, walking alone at night and never really had a reason to feel afraid, which if you're someone kind of like me, I can really relate to this because I used to go night walking all the time in the suburbs. But then there's one night that all of that changes. They're walking somewhere between one and two in the morning. As they round a corner, they notice this man sort of dancing on the sidewalk. And when you think about that, it's just kind of bizarre, right? Although if you're like me and you live in a fairly populated city, you understand that many homeless and mentally ill people will do this. So it's probably not that creepy for someone that lives in the same situation that I do, but still, it's kind of unnerving. Where it begins to get even creepier, the person starts talking about the waltz that this man is doing, similar to a dance, but as he finished each sort of box pattern, they had an odd forward stride. So it was like a sort of dance walking with each step, the man came closer to him. So like I said, just as anybody else, this individual thought they're probably drunk. They continue down the street like nothing's happening. They get further onto the street, you know, away from the sidewalk to give the guy space. And let's face it, they're probably a little perturbed at this point when they notice the features of the man. He was tall and lanky, wearing an old suit. He danced closer to the person until he could actually make out his face. 
And here's where it just becomes unsettling for me. They describe that his eyes are open, they're wild, and his head is actually tilted back looking at the sky. It's a cartoonish smile that looked painfully wide. And if you know, you start going back through many urban legends in the US, this is a popular go-to for creepy. Someone grinning really wide when you're looking at him, it's just bizarre. Normal people don't do that. The person decides, hey, I'm gonna move to the other side of the street just get away from him. At that point, the author goes on to say that they take their eyes away from them no more than 10 seconds. And just as they reach the other side, they turn back and freeze. The man had stopped dancing. He was just standing there with one foot in the street, perfectly parallel to them. He was facing the person, but still looking at the sky and this creepy smile plastered on his face. Now this part kind of makes me laugh a little bit because the person says they were unnerved and when I think about this, I'm like, uh, no shit. I'm pretty sure most of us would be a little more than unnerved. So the guy decides to not take his eyes off of him and continue down the street. The man stays in that spot. He doesn't move. And once the person decides that they've put enough space between them, they turn away to watch the sidewalk in front of them. The street and sidewalk ahead of them were completely empty. Of course it was, because instances like this never happen when people are around. Stupid supernatural. This time, when the guy turns around, he notices that the spot where the smiling man was is empty. So he's feeling a little relieved until he turns back to the other side of the street. And there's Mr. Smiles. He's crouched and he couldn't tell for sure because of the distance. Of course, it's dark, but he was almost certain that this creepy individual was again facing him. Of course, he's shocked. I mean, who wouldn't be? This guy that you're relieved is gone or hopefully is going to stop harassing you is suddenly back again. He'd only looked away for a handful of seconds, so it's definitely apparent that whatever this guy is, is fast. Again, the storytelling in this is just so on point. And this next part, it makes me chuckle again because it's this absurd situation where the smiling man starts walking actually moving toward the person and he's taking these giant exaggerated steps. He mentions in the story about something like a cartoon character where it's huge and they're sort of tiptoeing, only they can tell that the man is moving really fast even though this whole situation seems comical. At this point, the author is frozen in fear, even though this 
creepy entity is just charging toward him. And then all of a sudden, the smiling man stops and it's described as maybe a car length away. So if you can imagine that, I mean, that is bizarre and super crazy. And the whole time the smiling man is doing this, he's looking at the sky. Makes you wonder, what was up there? Was there something in the stars? Maybe he was just admiring the moonlight. Maybe he just wanted to say hello. Hmm. We may never know. The person goes on to explain that even though they were frozen in fear, eventually they snap out of it and all they can bring themselves to say is what the f you know, something like that. And what felt like forever, the smiling man at some point turns around very slowly and then again starts dance walking away. It's just comical, you know, dancing with themselves and <laughs> just back towards where they came from and smiling. This creepy night dweller goes all the way down until he's just barely visible in the distance. Now, of course, the author has not taken his eyes off of the man. Then, to his horror, he noticed that the smiling man was not moving. He wasn't dancing. He was coming back their way, and this time, he was running. Of course, the author takes off and runs too, and they run and run and run through side roads, into traffic, and then as they look behind him, they discover that he's nowhere to be found. Finally, the author is able to find their way home, but just in case, looking over their shoulder, just expecting to see this guy standing there again with his creepy smile, but he never appears again. And just like anyone else, they decided to never go out on night walks again. If you're out late at night and you just happen to notice some weirdo dancing in the dark, run. Don't get anywhere near him. Do the smart thing. Just run, guys. Say no to danger. Let's move on to another one of my personal favorites known as the Black-Eyed Children. This came from a tabloid that covered the Black-Eyed Children. It's kind of existed since the 1980s. Discussions online have agreed that the legend started in a series of postings in 1996 by a reporter of the name Brian Bethel. He claimed that he'd encountered the black-eyed children twice in the city of Abilene. He also said that another person had claimed an encounter with the black-eyed children in Portland, Oregon. Since then, there have been a few more sightings, but some people wonder about the credibility of this. Since this sort of fell in line with a lot of the popularized creepypasta stories, it became viral. 
It was actually so popular that Bethel published an FAQ to just keep up with the demand for more info on the new urban legend. He also got to tell his story on a reality TV show back in 2012 that was called Monsters and Mysteries in America. He continued to write follow-up articles about his experiences and maintained that his belief was legitimate. Also in 2012, a Kickstarter began with the Black Eyed Kids, and the director had said that this urban legend had been floating around the internet for years, so they always thought it was fascinating. So what were in these original legends? If you think about the horror genre and children, it's always kind of an unsettling feeling that the children are trying to harm or kill us, kind of like Stephen King's The Children of the Corn. Very creepy film and book if you've ever looked at it. There's a few different encounters with the black-eyed children. There's some that detail events from the person's home or from their car. You get a knock at your door, and when you look through, you see that there's a small child. They don't necessarily have to have hoodies, but the hoodies were kind of popularized. In any case, what any adult would do if it's nighttime is open the door and ask if everything's okay. But when they look up, you're staring into these sort of lifeless black eyes. Now, the original story kind of details, and many others, the children appear normal at first, and they don't really think that anything's out of place because it's a child, until they start to get this sensation of being really unnerved. And as they take a closer look, they see that the children have abyss-like dark eye. The original by Brian Bethel claimed that he was in his car at a movie theater about two years prior to when he reported it. He claimed that two boys approached the car around the age of maybe 9 to 12 and they were wearing hooded sweatshirts. One of them was a slightly darker skinned curly-headed young man and the other one was a redhead with pale skin. He said that he lowered the window a crack and the two boys asked for a ride to their mother's house. Uh, they wanted to pick up some money so they could go check out a movie. Bethel recalls that when the second one of the boys spoke, that's when the feeling of dread sort of started creeping up his spine. And he pointed out that the movie had already started and that they wouldn't make it back in time. But here's where it gets creepy. The boys began to push harder, saying things like they were just children and that they didn't have a gun or anything. Bethel starts to notice that these children don't speak normally. It's almost rehearsed, like they're mechanical with their speech. His fear mounts as he takes a closer look and realizes that the boys have black eyes. There's no white showing at all. It's at that point that Bethel drives away. One of the boys start banging on his window and crying angrily. They start almost whining by saying, please, we can't come in unless you tell us it's okay. Let us in. 
completely freaked out at this point, Bethel took off. He said as he was checking his rearview mirror, he noted that the strange children were gone. They'd completely vanished. Many other accounts also describe this. The children are wearing hoodies, some of them are wearing outdated clothing, and they all say the same thing about the fact that they don't behave like children. Much like vampiric legends and mythology, they have to be invited into the space. It got so popularized that in Britain, uh, many people claimed to have been plagued by the black-eyed children, which gained national recognition. A songwriter and paranormal investigator, Lee Brickley, was interviewed by the Birmingham Mail about the sighting in Connacht Chase in England. Brickley had been investigating these rumored sightings of the black-eyed ghosts in Connacht. There was one story about a woman that was out walking with her daughter when they heard screams and spotted a child. The woman that was with her daughter ran to catch up, but they couldn't find the child. And so when she turned back, there was a girl that appeared to be 10 years old that stood there with her eyes closed and her hands over them. She asked the girl if she was okay and if it was her that was screaming. But the girl simply dropped her hands, and it was then that she revealed her eyes. The woman said that they were completely black, just like Bethel had earlier. So the woman snatched her daughter and jumped back, but when she looked up, the child had vanished. Interestingly enough, Brickley had also claimed that the same girl, whom he calls a ghost, had been seen 30 years earlier in a 1982 in that exact same area by his aunt. Something he wrote about in his book that was released in 2013. UFOs, Werewolves, and the Pigman. Hmm. Interesting title. So if you're really interested in this sort of tale, just go online and check it out. There's a lot of really cool transcripts over what Brian Bethel wrote, what other people had wrote, their accounts of black-eyed children. Some of them differ and that the black-eyed children cry to lure people out or they knock on your car window or your door. But if they ask to come in, stay inside, keep your door locked and whatever you do, don't open it until you see the rays of the morning light. One of the stories from urban legends that's really kind of stuck in my mind over the years was Kisaragi Station. It's a story that follows this girl by the name of Hasumi, who's asking the board on 2chan what she should do. If you're unfamiliar with 2chan, 2chan is like 4chan, but out of Japan. This was all done in real time. It's kind of creepy because it was a comment on the forum of a thread of strange happenings, I believe. This doesn't really have a full effect unless you listen to the transcript or the original post that came out on 2chan. So I'm gonna go ahead and read it to you. Hasumi, it might just be my imagination, but do you mind if I talk about something? 2chan. Sure, go ahead. What happened? Hasumi. I just got on the train, but something's off. Tuchan. Okay. Hasumi. It's the train I always take to and from work, but it hasn't stopped at any stations for about 20 minutes now. It 
normally stops every five minutes or at most every seven or eight, but it hasn't stopped at all. There are currently five other people on board, but they all seem to be asleep. Tu-chan, you haven't got off the train yet, have you? You didn't get on the express by mistake? Hasumi, yeah, like you said, it's possible I got on the wrong train. I'll wait just a little longer. If anything weird happens, I'll come back. Tu-chan, First of all, why don't you go to the front carriage and see the conductor? If he had an epileptic fit or something that would be terrible, you should probably go check on him. Hasumi, it doesn't look like we're going to stop anywhere, so I'll go and have a look. The blinds are covering the window, so I can't see the driver. I'm on a private railway in Shizuoka Prefecture. Tu-chan, did you knock on the window? Hasumi, I did, but there was no answer. Tu-chan, can you see outside? Can you see the names of passing stations or anything? Hasumi, after leaving the tunnel, the train has started to slow down a little. We don't usually pass through a tunnel though. It's the train from Shin Hamamatsu Station. It looks like we're about to stop. Tu-chan, you're not going to get off, are you? Hasumi, we're stopped at Kisaragi Station, but I wonder if I should get off? I've never seen or heard of this station before. Tu-chan, you should get off. No, you should stay on until the last stop, someone else says. I mean, the train should have started moving again by now, shouldn't it? Hasumi, what time did you get on the train? Hasumi, I got off. The station is empty. I got on the train around 11.40 p.m., I think. Tu-chan. I did a search for Kisaragi Station, but nothing came up. And hang on, your train's been running for an hour now? Alright, I'm off to take a bath. Later. I looked for Kisaragi Station as well, but there's nothing here. Hasumi. I think I should go back. I've been looking for a timetable, but I can't find anything. The train is still stopped. So I wonder if it would be safer to just get back on? Well, while I was writing that, I already got back on board. Sorry. Tu-chan. Are there any buildings nearby that look like they may have people? It's cold out there, so be careful. Hasumi. I'm going to leave the station and see if I can find a taxi. Thanks. Tu-chan. That's a good idea. Be careful. I'm doubtful that you'll easily be able to find a taxi at that empty station after the last trains have already run, another poster says. And it does look like Hasumi has become a resident of the 2D world. Hasumi, there's nothing here, let alone a taxi. What should I do? Tu-chan, go see the station attendant or a nearby police box. Shouldn't you call for 110 now? Uh, 110 is like 911 in Japan, guys. Why don't you call the taxi company? All you can do at this point is go to the nearest convenience store. If there's a public phone nearby, you should be able to look up the number to the taxi company and give them a call. Hasumi. I called my parents to come and pick me up, but they don't know where Kisaragi Station is. They said they'd looked it up on the map and then come to get me, but... I'm kind of scared. Tu-chan, what happened to the others on the train? Were you the only one that got off? 
Hasumi, I also tried to find Kisaragi Station on the internet, but there's nothing here. You said you were near the Shin Hamamatsu area, right? I'll see if I can find anything on Yahoo. Hasumi, I went to look for a public phone, but there aren't any. The other passengers didn't get off, so I'm alone right now. The station name is most definitely Kisaragi Station, Tuchan. There's a chance you'll find a public phone off the station grounds. Why don't you just try leaving the station? I just tried doing some research, and the kanji for oni, which is demon, can also be read as kisaragi, right? So you mean demon station? Someone else writes. That's terrifying. Are you a video game nerd? When I googled it, I found a video game. Write down the previous and next stations from Kisaragi Station. Don't say there's nothing written there. Hasumi. What game are you talking about? There's no previous or next stations written here. Tuchan. Try walking back home along the tracks. If you start running now, you can probably catch up with the train. If it's a station, there has to be people living around there. Hasumi. Yeah, that's right. I was panicking, so I didn't even notice. I'll follow the tracks back and wait for my parents to call. I tried looking before in the town information, but it came up with some kind of error. I just want to go home. Tuchan. Whether it's a joke or not, I'm going to work towards solving this seriously. Hasumi. There's really nothing around here. All I can see are grasslands and mountains. But if I follow the railway tracks, I think I can get home, so I'll do my best. Thank you. You might think it's all just one big joke, but can I come back if I run into any other problems? Tuchan. Of course. At any rate, take care. Second user. Of course. Just be careful your phone doesn't die. It's your lifeline right now. Don't start walking in the wrong direction, and be careful inside the tunnel. Another user. Can a phone even get reception in an area with nothing around? I think it'd be better if you don't move from the station. Another person. All alone at an unmanned station on a cold night? The lights will probably turn off soon and it'll be dark. The railway tracks are an even darker trap. There's a tunnel after that too, right? Another response. And yet, it would probably be safer to spend the night at the station. This is all terribly risky. Hasumi. My father called. He did have a lot of questions, but in the end, we have no idea where I am. So he told me to call 110. I don't really want to, but I'm going to go ahead and give the police a call and see if they can help. Tuchan. I think it would be easier for you to move around once it gets brighter. Could you really wait there all alone at night? in some strange, unfamiliar place? Could you pass through the tunnel all alone at night on another strange, unfamiliar railway track? So could you keep walking through some unfamiliar street at night in the cold? Hasumi. I tried explaining my situation the best I could to the police, but they thought it was a joke and got really angry at me. I was so scared that I ended up apologizing to them. Tuchan. Why did you apologize? You should call it a night. Go wait at the station for the first train. What's it like around the station? Is there anything there? 
Hasumi. I can hear what sounds like the beating of drums coming from far away. It's mixed with the sound of a ringing bell. Honestly, I don't know what I should do anymore. Tu-chan. Hasumi, you need to get back to the station. It's best to return to where you were in the first place when you get lost. It's about to start. Drums? And bells? It's probably just a festival. Hasumi, you might think I'm lying, but I am so scared. I can't look back. I want to go back to the station, but I can't turn back. Tu-chan, run. Whatever you do, don't look back. You can't look back at the station. You'll be taken away. Just run towards the tunnel right now. It should be closer than you think. Hasumi, someone just yelled out from behind me. He said, hey, you can't walk along the railway track. It's dangerous. I thought it might be the station attendant, so I turned around. And about 10 meters away, there was this old man with one leg standing there. Then he disappeared. I'm so scared I can't move. Tu-chan, I said don't look back. Just run. Calm down and listen to what I have to say. Try going toward the sound of the drums. There should be people there. Another user. Just what are you trying to do to Hasumi? No, no, no. That's not it at all. Hasumi's about to be taken away. That's why I'm saying if she can, she should go back. How come you could tell it was an old guy with just one leg? Someone else. Because it's an old guy with just one leg? It's probably some guy that was hit by a train and lost his leg and then died. Hasumi. I can't walk anymore, but I also can't run. The sound of the drums is getting closer. Tu-chan, just wait for morning. Once it gets brighter, it won't be so scary. You should have gotten back on the train. Hasumi, I'm still alive. I fell over and I'm bleeding, but I'm still holding on to the heel I broke. I don't want to die yet. Tu-chan, well, it's not like things were going to get better if you stayed in the spot anyway. I think you'll be fine if you can get through the tunnel. When you pass through, let us know and get some help. Hasumi, I called home. My dad said he'd called the police for me, but the sound keeps getting closer and closer. Tu-chan, well, let's just pray that the sound isn't the sound of an approaching train. Having said that, it's probably too late for that now. Hasumi, I did my best and I'm somehow in front of the tunnel now. The name says Isanuki. The sound is getting closer and I'm gonna go gather up all my courage and try to get through. I'll post again once I get to the other side safely. Tu-chan, good luck. Another response, this is the end. The train and the station are gone. You can't go back. There's no one to follow. The sound you hear is a phantom of your own past. Run towards the tunnel. If you stop, you'll just be stuck between worlds. Hasumi. I've exited the tunnel. Someone's standing just ahead of me. Looks like doing what you guys suggested was the right answer. Thank you. I'm probably going to be mistaken for a monster. My face is a mess of tears. Tu-chan, Hasumi, wait, don't move. Stop, it's dangerous. Who would be standing there at a time like this? It's too suspicious. 
Hasumi, sorry for making you all worry. The person was very kind, and they said they would take me to the closest station. Apparently, there's a business hotel or something there. Everyone, thank you so much. Tu-chan, Hasumi, there's something I want to ask you, so please answer. Where are you? Can you ask that kind person the name of the place? Are they really kind? They could be scarier than what's going on here, you know. Another user. Yeah, maybe. Where the hell are you? That person is dangerous. Why is someone on the railway tracks at this time of night? They must have run into you while disposing of a dead body or something. Seriously? Run. Hasumi. I asked where we are, but he just said, Hina. There's no way that could be true, though. Tuchan. Hasumi. Get out of the car. I'm sorry, Hasumi? Where is Hina? What a strange story. So, at this particular time, some suspicious old guy just happened to be there to pick up a girl walking along the railway tracks? What was he doing? Hasumi. We've started getting closer to the mountains now. I don't think there's anywhere for the car to stop. And he's stopped talking to me entirely. Tuchan. There's no reason for even a strange old dude to be up at this time. Maybe he's not talking to you anymore because you're always on your phone? Hasumi, you're in danger. Did you tell your parents to come and get you from the tunnel? Hasumi, call 110. This might be the last time you ever write anything. Hasumi, my battery's about to die. Things are looking strange, so I'm gonna try to run the first chance I get. He's been muttering about something I can't understand for a while now. Just so I'm ready when I need to be, I'm going to make this my last post for now. After this post, Hasumi was never heard from again. To this day, that story still sends chills down my spine. Just the thought of crossing over into another world, maybe a world in between that is unseen by us all. The train that takes you to hell, the Kisaragi station. Thank you so much for joining us this week, guys. And I will be posting my next story in about two weeks, covering a few different urban legends again this time. And I'll go ahead and tell you guys on Twitter what I'm going to be doing. And I hope we can continue to enjoy these podcasts with each other because I really love sharing my passion and love for horror. So take care and I hope you are having a wonderful day and wonderful rest of your week. Join me next time for another episode of The Haunting Hour. Sweet dreams, guys.